This is the Mideast Beast Podcast. I'm your host here in Israel, Jerusalem, Molly Livingstone. And on the other side of the pond, we have Alex Giles in London. Say uh, hello or cheerio. Cheerio is what you say when you're leaving, Molly, not what I know, you say. I did that on, please, I did that on purpose. You know that all. You know how we talk here. <laughs> Yeah, don't, I've don't watched start enough acting all that you don't understand the English. <laughs> so we are going to start a new segment this time, and I'm going to throw us right in. We're going to start with an article that talks about Qatar, and then Alex is going to do an, a segment called Alex Explains, because Qatar, like most of the Middle East, is just a bunch you know like when people date on Facebook and they say it's complicated <laughs> that's like that's the gentle version of what's happened to the Middle East you explained cannot... it we're done we can stop now that's great well, yeah I'll see you next week fantastic this is what it must feel like to be Trump about everything like, <laughs> right like I don't understand it and I live here and the more I study it and I studied it the uh, more confused Molly, but there you I go. Get. That's what you, that's the differentiation between you and Trump. Notice you said you study it. <laughs> so in the article that was on the Mideast Beast, it says cows demand to be kept out of golf dispute. Yes, yes. And so, it's, it's based on fact. We're going to talk about this, but 4,000 cows were actually flown a few weeks ago into Qatar. And I want to start right. from the way this is on Alex Explains. First thing for all our American listeners, um, hello, American listeners. Molly <laughs> is pronouncing Qatar correctly. It is not Qatar. Just for our American listeners, <laughs> it isn't. You're not cutting anything. It is Qatar. Getting that out of the way, first of all. So it That's is like true. A it, huge compliment. Thank you for uh, the British person. It really, really is. I mean, you're yeah, spot on. So it's true that 4,000 cows a couple of weeks ago were flown into the country. Uh, and this is all to do with the potential, uh, well, actual and then um, increasing embargo that the other countries around Qatar have put into place. So we wrote this nice article about how the cows... Not what I originally thought was cows, meaning like a old kind of <laughs> woman that you try to get rid of, you know, old sour cow. Not uh, that. These are actually mother, the moo cows. Yeah, not mother-in-law jokes. No, absolutely yeah. not. And so we did this, we talked about the fact they wanted to be kept out of the dispute because, <laughs> as we said, they weren't Sunni or Shia, they were dairy. And I laughed at my own joke a lot, but there you go. But this then led us to believe, you and I, Molly, that we would try to explain what's going on in Qatar and the Gulf. It's no joking matter. We will obviously make some jokes, but it's quite serious. And for our listeners who perhaps aren't entirely up to speed with this, we thought we'd, we'd try to talk about it. So we'd do Alex Explains this week. World War Three starts with cows. World War III of... could start with cows, yes. That's the bottom line. If you don't want to listen to the next 10, 15 minutes, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much you. You've got it there. Yeah, so forget ISIS and Hamas and all those guys and green lines and whatever it is. This is how the world ends. It's not with an Alu Akbar, it's with a moo. It's so, true. Okay, so explain first to me Qatar. Okay, let's get the basics. Let's get the basics right. So for those of you on Google Maps right now, if you want to know where the country is, look into the Gulf. It's a pimple on the arse cheek of Saudi Arabia is where it is. So it's just sort of there sticking out on the eastern side. Full of pus, that's gas. That's the one. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, it's about 11,500 square kilometres. And for those that want to think about what that looks like, that's about the size of Puerto Rico. And that gives you an idea. Population is about uh, ooh, two point two and a half million 
But the important thing to bear in mind that only 300,000 of those are actually native passport holders. Um, the other 2 million or so, they are all expats from the Indian subcontinent. They're, they're Pakistani, they're Indian, and they're, they're working in the hotels, working in the very large construction industry that's going on, and uh, working for planning for the World Cup in 2020 that we'll talk about in a moment. That's still happening. That's okay. still okay. happening right now, so we can talk about that. So there's, there's very few of them. It is basically the richest country in the world, bear in mind, has the highest per capita income in the world, about $106,000 each person. That's what, I like that. Yeah, you like that number. And, and yeah, I do. what you'll like even more is they don't pay tax. Yeah, I love that. So you get to How keep what you that? earn. Well, because, because I know because of the natural gas. So I have plenty of natural gas. And but you can't sell it to people. Tax. You can't sell that to people. Mm, They've got the good that's stuff where you're you can wrong. sell. That's where you're wrong. So historically, just so we're setting this into context, up until 1971, it belonged to us. And by us, I mean like the rest of the world, Britain. Yeah, uh, I like how you did that because it was very empirical language. It. It. It's it, not yeah. give. Yeah, yeah, this is an it for us. Okay, and then England pretty much owned most of the world at one point. Yeah, it's not exceptional that we owned it. We owned everything at this point. So, you know, uh, what yeah. can I tell you? So we, we owned everything. But in look 70- at you now. I know, look at us now. Look how that worked out. <laughs> but in 71, along with all the other bits and pieces in the Gulf that we owned, Bahrain, bits of what have now become the United Arab Emirates, we decided that we'd give it all away for shits and giggles. We thought, you know, let's let them work their own shit out for a bit. And mm. up until the last moment, Qatar was going to be part of the United Arab Emirates. And at the very last moment, due to some diplomatic squabbles that we lost in the murk of history, they decided not to. That's in 1971. In 1972, just a year afterwards, they discovered a gas field off the coast of what is now Qatar, which is about the same size as the country. It is the third largest field in the world after what the Russians have and what the Iranians have. And of course, the Iranians, and we'll come on to that, share large parts of this field. Well, they are next to the what is the Qatar field. And you can imagine um, everyone in the United Arab Emirates that year went, fuck me. Uh, I think, again, that's the diplomatic language. So, so that's where we are. So we have a country. I love that you said that because I was thinking about the whole pulling out method. And it really did work out in their benefit, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know what the Arabic for fuck me is. So if any of our <laughs> listeners can, can help us on that, that would be great. And we'll use that next time. But that's what happened. So yeah, there, that's so there you are. pretty much the same. So this, it's that's, the same in every language. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Is it? Okay. So that's it. There you go. So you've got a very small country, very few people, and a shitload of gas, which has made them very, very, very rich. So there we are. So you wanted to talk about things you might not know, sort of some fun facts about the place. I listed well, some, but you can talk So about that's them. just it. You did like a really nice job of this Alex explains and then Molly went in and said, Molly doesn't get it. So, <laughs> and I think I'm probably like most of the audience, meaning like, okay, tiny country, you know, when a 40-year-old man has his midlife crisis mm-hmm. and buys a penis car. Mm-hmm, so Qatar mm-hmm. is the penis car here. Yeah. And now, is it that everyone else is envious of the penis car? Because I can't figure out which country hates which country. So when you talked about the cows... And you talked about this sort of this embargo and that's why they brought the cows in because they're literally afraid of running out of milk and probably, I guess, beef at some point. What is going on? Saudi Arabia is pissed off to this day. So they, 
have started an embargo. Yes. And and then even though America has one of the largest military bases mm-hmm. in the Middle East in Qatar yep. or the largest. Yes. Yep. Trump dissed them, went to Saudi Arabia while he was in the Middle East and is like pro Saudis. So, as all the listeners will know, Saudi Arabia is the big dog in the Gulf. So, everyone accepts that it's it's the largest country, it's the largest population etc etc and uh, is clearly a very close ally of america and by that of course they expect everyone to do what they say right qatar because it's so wealthy frankly um has the ability to have a what you might call a sort of an independent foreign policy from saudi so places like bahrain completely dependent really on saudi arabia uae semi-dependent ish on saudi arabia kind of line up behind what the Saudis want to do. Kuwait as, as well would be a good example. And Qatar just simply doesn't doesn't have to do that and has taken a policy um, in some ways that's you know, quite enlightened, but in other ways looks to be quite problematic. Going back to things we don't know, and in fact actually sort of how we can explain the current situation. Al Jazeera, and listeners will probably be familiar with Al Jazeera, the, the TV station, will set up uh, in Qatar, and it's based in Qatar. And it's set up as an, you know, an independent-ish, though it's government-owned, media group. Saudi Arabia doesn't really have anything like that. And this whole trouble, first of all, started when there were some reports of the Qatar leadership talking about how they wanted an independent foreign policy, their support for closer relations or a better relationship with Iran and the Muslim Brotherhood. And this was leaked that Al Jazeera reported this. The okay. Qatar government said that actually Al Jazeera had been hacked uh, and this was all faked. It was fake news, in, in fact. But right, everything is fake news. Everything Except is for fake. us, we're, we're legit. Everything is fake news. But the Saudis didn't believe that. And you can appreciate, as we all know, that you know Saudi versus Iran, if Saudi is the big dog on the left-hand side of the, the Gulf, Iran is most definitely the big dog on the right. And Saudi Arabia is always concerned about anything that might think that Iran would come out of the cold. Okay, this is what I need to understand. So you have to do like a yes-no series of Alex Explains. Go for it. Okay, so Qatar and Saudi Arabia, friend or foe? It's complicated. No. (laughs) You just used what I started with. I know, because it was so good. It's a little bit like your ex girlfriend or boyfriend you're not dating anymore but you probably are facebook stalking them still okay qatar and syria friend or foe which bit of syria (laughs) (laughs) the the one that's currently in government they are a foe they are the one of the most vocal supporters of rebel groups in syria Which means basically ISIS. It means all sorts of people, and that's the problem, isn't it? So it means some pretty unpleasant people, including groups that are affiliated with Al-Qaeda, some pretty jolly nasty people. But foe of the Syrian government. Don't like Syrians. Okay. Gaza, led by Hamas, you said Muslim Brotherhood, Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. Hamas and Muslim Brotherhood have always been together. So they're all in it. And I know that because I know that head of Hamas was kicked out of Israel, Palestine, Gaza, and was literally photographed during the 2014 war during Ramadan, eating in a five-star hotel, drinking in Qatar. Yes, that is all true. The Qatarians have certainly 
been a safe haven for all sorts of people of dubious character. Right. Okay. So then Egypt, friend or foe of Qatar? Foe, to the extent that, again, Qatar has been heavily involved with rebel groups in Libya after that all went to shit in a handbasket, which is a phrase I've just made up, but I think it encapsulates <laughs> it quite nicely. It really does. It really does. Who knew that we'd miss Gaddafi, but uh, we kind of do. The Egyptians are particularly supportive of a group of rebels in the east of the country. A cynic might say that they are supportive of that group in the east of the country because they'd quite like Egypt to be a bit bigger. And if you can back a bunch of people that are in the east of Libya, you could absorb that into Egypt. So Egypt and Qatar do not get on very well at all. Okay. I semi got it. I'm like afraid to go further and ask about the other countries. No disrespect. But I know that you also have some really random facts about Qatar that I think are as equally as important as understanding the it's complicated situation. One of those was you can drink in Qatar, which normally you're not allowed to drink as a Muslim, a devout Muslim. Well, when I say you can you can drink, obviously, uh, if you're a Muslim, if you decide to drink or not, that's uh, between you and your God. Yeah, but I'll just die. But... <laughs> alcohol is available in Qatar, primarily in, in the five-star hotels. So yes, as a non-Muslim, you can drink. To be fair, in, in, you know, that's, that's clearly in common with, with most of the UAE. Um, there are bits of the UAE that are dry, but Qatar is fine. Bahrain, uh, also, this is a fun fact about Bahrain. You can drink in Bahrain, and in fact, the causeway that links Bahrain and Saudi Arabia is normally littered with very expensive sports cars of people that have come over from Saudi, allegedly, and uh, want to come back but realise they can't drive, and, and so just leave the cars nice. there. Yeah, so if you want to pick up wow, a sports car... I'm seeing a theme here. Yeah. Little penis cars everywhere. Mm, a lot of penis cars. Okay. And speaking of penis cars, they own Harrods? They own Harrods. Qatar? Yes, the Qatar royal family own Harrods. They also own the Shard, which is the biggest skyscraper in London, and I think the tallest building in Europe, I believe. So mm. I can see it from my window here, in fact. So yes, they own Harrods. So if you're going shopping, come over to London, you're putting money into their pockets. Yeah, not me. I do BDS on them all the time. <laughs> Mainly because I can't afford it, but that's another story. World Cup is going to be there in 2020. The World Cup is going to be there in 2020, yeah. The hottest time of the year. Yep. I mean, they're building a dome? So, they are actually, <laughs> they are changing or in the process of changing the dates so that it won't quite be in the hottest part of the year. So, that's, that's one thing that's going on. They did win it. It was quite surprising that they won it. They are building not just one dome, but a whole bunch of enclosed stadiums which are going to be air-conditioned. No, I would hope so, You'd hope so, so yeah. because, you know, the temperature even is going to be sort of 35 centigrade, even the best like of times. Like 112 degrees. I mean, it's insane. Uh, yeah. It's going to be... Ins that, that bit's insane. But they've built these. They've tested the first one. Apparently, it does work. And the thing to bear in mind, that once the, the World Cup is over, they're going to take all of them apart from, I think, one, and they're shipping them all over to Africa. Oh, well, that's nice. That is nice. So, yeah. I mean, never mind that it's terrorist money. I think as long as, you know, they do good with it at some point. They are all going to go over to countries in Africa. 
But you understand in going with the penis theme that they're literally creating balls and then they're going to take their <laughs> balls to Africa to show that they have balls. You get what I'm saying. I can I can see you seem a little obsessed by this, but as a pregnant woman, I guess you might be um, angry with balls that have put you into this state. Is, is that what you're trying to tell me, Molly? I just think the world is run by a lot of egomaniacs, right? <laughs> and they're all over. And whether or not, because I do think sometimes Muslim men look like they're wearing their dresses and, and more power to them Mm -hmm. but yeah it just seems like it's always being affected by that same mentality so it doesn't matter if you're donald trump with bad hair or you're sitting in qatar Mm -hmm. wasting all your money and time you're sort of the same person at the Mm -hmm. end of the day and that kind of brings me also to the final thing that i wanted to ask about which is women yes are women allowed to drive are women in the government Uh, i mean what do they have yes women can drive i've been in, in in qatar several times women can drive that's not a problem Women can vote in the essentially what you might call local elections. So there's been suffrage since 1999. Oh wow! Yeah. Before the millennium. Yeah, yeah. They, they 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 broke in. They 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 broke it. They didn't. A you know, 20th century, my friend. It's a 20th century <laughs> country. No, to your. I think you were going to ask. Do they have to wear full veil? And the answer is um, no. Absolutely not. None of the whole sort of have to be accompanied by a um, you know male relative. There are women in some government positions. I'm. 99.9% certain that they have been women ambassadors. What uh, you don't know is they're all trans. but that's <laughs> And there are women in business. From that point of view, anyone traveling there, it's probably one of the most Western countries. Well, as you know, I'm not probably allowed to go in with an Israeli passport anyways. But... I think that what's interesting, obviously, from my point of view is, and I'm asking friend or foe, is because I'm here in the Middle East and everyone is a foe, basically, to Israel. It's just kind of trying to figure out which one's more of a foe-foe. And when the news did come out about Saudi Arabia sort of putting this embargo and and having demands and blaming them, Qatar, for supporting terrorism, we kind of all were like, oh, this this is good. This is good for Israel. Do bear in mind that, that Qatar, up until relatively recently, did host an Israeli trade office. Mm. Listen, no matter what Israel does, we're always hated and fucked. So it's just a matter of time till something happens. I joked at the beginning with World War Three, but it is kind of feeling that way between that, North Korea, Trump. I mean, it's all coming together in a chaotic ball a dome a ball yes i mean this is as we as we were just saying at the end there you know to all of this complexity you add donald trump and his recent visit to saudi arabia which was when essentially he very publicly threw his support behind the saudis and it's very clear that the saudis push of this embargo um, which is where we'll come back to the uh, start of what we started talking about the embargo that's currently in place that the saudis and the united arab emirates has put on qatar came pretty much straight after President Trump left Saudi Arabia after pretty much giving his support for thinking that was a jolly good idea, um, though we suspect at that point he couldn't actually have pointed to Qatar on a map. So there you go. (laughs) Well, he probably has his intentions to make it a Trump gas, you know, get rid of Qatar, take all their oil fields, full of hot air, it all makes sense, it all comes together. Tarmac it and put a casino over it. Yeah. I think that's the way to go. Eventually he'll be impeached and then he'll have that to play with. I think that's going to wrap up Alex Explains, which again... For this week. For this week. (laughs) You may be like me and have the But Molly Still Confused. And if you do, please share your comments with us. Tell us what you think. Any more random facts. We are going to wrap it up. And of course... 
You can find us online at themideastbeast.com, also on Facebook, The Mideast Beast, and on Twitter, follow us at MideastBeasties. I want to thank our editor and producer, Scott Kahn, for putting up with our crap. He's going to hear a lot of penis and ball jokes this time around. Alex, thanks for trying to enlighten the... uh, most confused person. I feel like I'm uh, Alicia Silverstone and Clueless. I don't know if you get that reference. Molly, it's always a pleasure, never a chore. <laughs> I pay you to say that. <laughs> it's been real. And until another episode, this has been the Mid-East Beast Podcast. And you've been listening to Molly Livingstone and Alex Giles.